This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Speed Gibson of the International Secret Police. Speed and Dawa go to the octopus castle to take his picture unknown to him. They are captured and brought before the criminal for questioning. In spite of their disguise, the octopus knows their identity but pretends to disbelieve Speed when he admits who he is. Under cloak of this pretense, the octopus says that he will punish them by sending them out into the hailstorm which has just broken over the pass. Since this means injury and possible death, the boys plead for mercy, but it does no good and they're about to be thrown out into the storm when Clint... Barney and La Chaute Ring arrive. We find them all in the laboratory while the storm howls outside. Golly, Clint. It sure came in the nick of time. Mr. Mugnay thought we were really Tibetan shepherds. Come to steal something from him. He was going to put us out in the storm. But isn't such punishment a trifle severe, Mr. Mugnay? Mr. Barlow, I still feel that you do not comprehend my earnest desire for complete privacy. I must have it if I must resort to stern measures to keep it. Now... And in the future. The Tibetan law might stop you in some things. Then you'd have all the privacy you wanted in jail. Now, Barney. Well, how does he get that way? Kicking kids out in this weather. I just got a few hailstones bounced off my bean, and that's all I wanted. Yes. Surely, Mr. Mounier, you must realize the strength of our storm. Allow me to reassure you, Mr. Tearing. I had no idea that they had the strength to uh, kill. Why, you did. You said so. You... Oh, wait a minute, Speed. Yeah? I think you better stay out of this. After all, you were trespassing on Mr. Mounier's property, from what I can make of this whole thing. But we meant no harm, Mr. Barlow. It was more of, of an adventure for us. There was no need for all this near tragedy. No need for the guard to strike down my dog, my campo, when he sought to protect me from his approach. You never should have left our home without telling me, Dawa. I realize that now, only too well, honored male parent. Had Mr. Mounier been successful in his idea of fit punishment for us, you probably never would have known the true reason for our end. I fear that our young friends are given to exaggeration. Uh, by the way, Mr. Barlow, how is it that you happened to arrive when you did? Uh, we were out for a drive. As you may know, Mr. Searing's land extends even as far as the Pass of the Iron Dagger. Well, we were at the entrance of the pass when the storm cloud suddenly gathered. Searing, knowing the intensity of these storms, suggested seeking shelter here. 
since we had no time to return to his home. I, uh, I understand. Well, since you are here, you may as well make yourselves comfortable. Perhaps the boys would like to remove those heavy coats they are wearing. Yeah, no. Uh, I'm still kind of cold from that scare we had. Aren't you, Dawa? Uh, yes, I believe I am. But one thing I must do is to see about Campo. Can I see him from these windows, Mr. Monier? Uh, you should be able to. Try this one. Uh, you can see the whole meadow from here. Oh, then you must have seen us all the time. Yes, at least I saw Dawa. You had entered the house by the time I noticed that my meadow was uh, inhabited. Uh, yeah. Look at the poor sheep, Speed. All huddled against those rocks. But at least they're out of the storm. And Speed, look! Just on the other side of the sheep. Campo! It's Campo and he's all right! Yes. Oh, the blessing of heaven upon those rocks that shelter the animals from the cruel hail. Say, looks like the storm's letting up a little. Yes. These storms go as quickly as they come. Uh, do you think we can leave before dark, Mr. Thiering? Oh, yes, Mr. Barlow. Good. For a while, I thought we'd have to ask Mr. Mounier for shelter for the entire night. I uh, should be honored. Even if the storm abates, I would invite you to be my guests, were it not yeah, for the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were it not for your important experiment, I know. Well, don't worry, Mounier. We'll be only too glad to get back to Thiering's country house. The air's healthier around there. I'm glad that you realize that, Mr. Dunlap. The pass has an evil reputation. Yeah, in more ways than one. Mr. Tsiring, your servant at your home in Lhasa told me that you came to the country house to celebrate uh, a picnic day. Yes. It is called the incense of the whole world. Charming. Perhaps, uh, should I find the time, I may join you in your celebration. We would be happy indeed to be honored by your presence, Mr. Mounier. The actual day is tomorrow, but the celebration will last three days. Thank you. Well, storm's over. Better be getting back down the trail. Yeah, but how are we going to get them sheep in the cars beyond me? We can drive them back to the shepherd we got them from, Barney. He's not far from the mouth of the pass. Nothing doing, kid. You've been driving us crazy enough without adding sheep to the mix-up. Come on, let's get out of here before you dig up some other animals to take along. Now that uh, we're safe once more and you're out of your disguise, Speed... Just what did you mean by going to the Pass of the Iron Dagger without my permission? Well, gee, Clint, I knew you wanted a picture of the octopus to tell a photo to Chief Riley. And I thought I'd be able to get it sooner than you would if I went up there in disguise. I never thought he'd catch me. No, no, that's your main fault, Speed. You leap into situations without thinking of the results. By doing what you did, you not only risked your life and our was, but jeopardized the position of the secret police. The octopus must think that he has us fooled. But he won't if you continue these crazy ideas. I'll say not. After all, Clint and me have had years in the service, Speed. We ought to know a little more about what to do than you. I'm sorry, fellas. And so am I. Oh, you're not to blame, Dawa. Speed should have known better. He's had experience with the octopus before, and you haven't. I have now, sir. I shall never forget that murderous look in his eyes when he attempted to drive us out into the storm. And would have done it if we hadn't timed our arrival so perfect. Lucky we discovered the camera was missing when we did. Is that how you knew where we were? Clint knew in a minute. He knows how that brain of yours works by this time. We have more proof than ever that Munier's the octopus, fellas. Because anybody else would have believed me when I said I was Speed Gibson and that this was Dawa. He disbelieved you purposely, all right. Thought that would be a good way of getting rid of you permanently without shouldering any of the blame. Oh, yes, Mr. Barlow. He said as much himself. Uh, what? Yes. He said that should Speed's story be true, and should he have an uncle, 
If our bodies were found on the trail, bruised and beaten by the hail, no one could possibly place the blame on him. The dirty dog. What can we do to stop this criminal? Well, that's just the trouble, Mr. Searing. We can't do a thing right now, except watch and wait. Speed's little adventure has set us back a few more weeks. No, it hasn't, Clint. I got the octopus picture. Six of them, in fact. You... You what? Sure. I had plenty of chance to snap him while he was talking to Dawa and me. Speed, I had no idea that you were taking his picture. Neither did he. I got proof files, full face, and three-quarter face. I was so scared that I could hardly work the camera, but I did all right. Now you've got your pictures to telephoto to Chief Riley, Clint. Oh, Speed, well, what can I say? That... I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You and me might as well turn in our badges, Clint. The kid's doing all the work. It is amazing. To think that Speed would have the courage to take those pictures even when he was in such terrible danger. Well, that's the trouble, Mr. Searing. Speed has too much courage. It's going to get him into a lot of trouble someday. But meanwhile, Speed, for those pictures, uh, I want to thank you, boy. Golly, you bet, Clint. I'm glad I had the chance to snap him. <laughs> boy, oh boy. I wish I could see the look on the octopus' face if he knew we had some snaps of his mug. <laughs> well, he's not going to know it if we can help it. Let's see now. Where can I telephone to those pictures from? From Lhasa, Mr. Barlow. Well, why, is that possible? Oh, yes. That is one of the modern improvements that has come even to the holy city. Swell. It's liable to save Tibet a lot of trouble. I hope so, my friend. Well, I'll take it in the first thing in the morning. And we should have a reply from Chief Riley by the end of the three-day picnic celebration. Gosh, if those pictures match up with one of a known criminal in our rogues gallery, then we can arrest the octopus right away. Yes, Reed. And I'm proud of you, fella. Even if you did disobey me. I'm mighty proud of you. Master, the new slaves are being brought in. Do you wish to watch their arrival? No. You are... Disturbed over something. Yes, Kwanu. And as usual, it has to do with the secret police. There is something going on under their smiles and pretended friendship. Nothing that can harm you. I'm not so sure of that. Why did Speed Gibson come here this afternoon? Too bad his uncle came when he did. Else we never would have been bothered by that boy again. But he did come. Obviously to rescue Speed. That other story of his was probably false. If that were the case... Then the boy must have come here without Barlow's knowledge. That means he's up to something more than merely spying on me. But what? Do you think he could know something of the raids our men are making on the villages and farms? Of the slaves hidden away below? No. If he knew that, then Barlow and Dunlap would know it. And they would have an excellent reason to bring me before the Tibetan authorities. I trembled while they were in the laboratory. I feared that they might discover the secret of the lower room. That danger is secondary, Kwan Wu, but we shall run no risk. How many slaves are coming in tonight? I cannot tell exactly, but 100 have already been brought in. Hmm. And the night is still young. That means many more will come. Wu, tomorrow I want you to begin preparing the slaves for the transfer. Give them extra heavy doses of the vapors of sleep. Place them in sacks. Master, you mean they are to start for the meeting place at the foot of the Hamalyas? Yes. We cannot risk being overcrowded here. Should we be raided, I want to be able to uh, do away with the slaves so that no trace of them can be found. Drop them down the shaft of death? The one below the torture chamber? <laughs> yes. Once they drop into that black and, so far as we know, bottomless hole, they are lost forever to the world. But we shall use that only in case of emergency. 
I would rather sell my slaves in India than destroy them. Of course. I shall follow your commands, master. The work shall go forward at dawn. The sacks can be carried down the footrail and placed in the cart I shall order. And no one will question their contents, since each sack will be plainly marked scrap goods. No one will want to investigate them, not even the secret police. You say I should take charge of all this? Where are you going to be? Quan Wu, tomorrow I'm going to the country home of La Shou Tsiring. We shall celebrate a picnic day, the incense of the whole world. And I shall spoil whatever plan Speed Gibson, Barlow and Dunlap are up to. You depend upon that. Mm. 